Welcome to the Fire the Family podcast. Did you know the average American is behind on their retirement savings? Imagine if your family could learn to budget, save, and invest enough to become financially independent. I'm here to show you through my own experience exactly how you can get on the path to financial independence and reach retirement on or before the age of 65. From age 19 to 28, Kayla and I have been married for nine years, had three boys, and earned four degrees combined with no student loan debt, and have taken our household income from zero to over $130,000 a year. We both want to invite you to firethefamily.com, where we have free tools and resources that you can use to get started on your financial independence journey. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, welcome to episode 29 of the Fire the Family podcast. I'm Nick, and thank you so much for uh, giving me some of your attention during this hectic, hectic time that we are all experiencing. Uh, Whether you are being directly affected by the things going on, or if you're being adversely affected, or in any way, shape, or form, or if you know people being affected, or, you know, we're kind of at the point now with the whole recession and the way the economy is going and the oil and gas industry that we're really all being affected in some way or another. Um, but I, I hope, I hope, hope, hope that you are um, not being directly affected by either the coronavirus or the uh, recession that's kind of coming up out of that. Um, I want to start this episode off um, by uh, kind of just showing a little bit of gratitude for the things that I'm grateful for. I think during times like this, it's easy to get lost in uh, what's going on and the news around you and all of the fear and all the sadness. Um, this episode is going to be about um, expanding into the contraction, dealing with layoffs, and generating additional income streams. Um, but today our company went through a round of layoffs and dealing with that and um, dealing with people around you that you work with every day, no longer having a job, uh, can weigh on people, uh, can be very difficult to deal with. And I think that, that is, that's the first sign of anything that's really affected me directly, uh, me and my family. is I don't know anybody personally that's been affected or infected, I should say, with the coronavirus. I don't know. Um, I hadn't known anybody that had been affected by you know what we're seeing going on in the economy until today, and it's always easy to talk about until it affects you directly. And so I think that right now the best thing that I can do is to start this episode off with a show of gratitude. And anytime things get really tough, I always try to find um, what I'm really grateful for in the moment, and it always helps to kind of set my perspective and put things, uh, my priorities in a right order. So today, tonight, I am extremely grateful for these three things, my health and my family's health. And like I said, not knowing anybody personally that's contracted the coronavirus. I'm grateful that my kids are home with us uh, and healthy and that my wife and I are both healthy and able to uh, do what we do best as parents and I'm able to continue working. Um, The second thing that uh, I'm super grateful for is that I still have my job even after this recent round of layoffs and furloughs and that my wife um, still has her job even though she's not working right now because schools are all closed in Washington State. So she's still getting paid because contractually as a teacher, uh, she the money's already been budgeted and teachers still get paid regardless. And so I am grateful for those two things because they allow us to continue to be parents, worry about being parents and, you know, um, not having to worry about where our next paycheck is coming from. And so 
I know not everybody has that right now. And I just want to say that I'm extremely thankful that we have that uh, and that we are actively looking at how we can help those around us that may be going through a more difficult time than we are. The third thing I'm extremely grateful for is having a platform to potentially change people's lives during this time. No matter how small your platform is, if you're putting yourself out there, creating content and sharing that content with others, uh, you have an ability to change somebody's life, whether that's for the better or for the worse. It really depends on what kind of content you're putting out there. Um, But I'm so thankful that I have the ability, know-how, and desire to put content out there um, that's financially focused, that's focused on the family, that hopefully broadens people's awareness of things that they can do, things to think about, uh, things to plan for in the future when it comes to personal finance. And so I am so thankful to have that ability as well. And no matter if, you know, people always cliche will say, if I've only affected one person or made one person's life a little bit better, then I've done my job. And I like that saying, but as a minimum, But my goal is a lot more than that. I want to change a lot of people's lives. I want to give a lot of people an awareness and a a know-how and an ability to uh, affect some change in their life. And so I understand I'm not a certified financial planner. I don't have all the credentials that come along with giving people financial advice. And so I skew more towards general awareness letting people know what exists, teaching them topics that they may have thought were complex and bringing it down to the level that they can understand it at, uh, where they're at. And hopefully that that either spurs a desire to learn more, uh, maybe it motivates them to action, to change their you know, trajectory of their family financially and ultimately um, uh, affect the change that way. And so I don't know if that makes sense or not, Um, But really what I'm trying to do here is really give the basic foundation in a way that aligns with people that might not align with other financial, personal finance uh, people out there, content creators. And so I come from a standpoint of having a family and the struggles that come along with that and the things to think about and how to still balance a career and building a career and earning as much money as you can while balancing that with time with your family and things that are most important in life. And so if I can do that, I feel like there's a subset of people out there that I can align with. And I'm so grateful for having that ability to do that. And so I I think that anytime you're going through a really difficult situation or a tough time to give a little time for gratitude and really think about what you're grateful for. Because what I found is that uh, fear and anxiety cannot live at the same time as gratitude. And so as somebody that deals and has dealt with anxiety for a number of years, um, if you can put gratitude at the forefront those two things cannot coexist at the same time. So having an air of gratitude about yourself throughout the day, um, thinking about things you're grateful for is kind of the antidote to uh, having bouts of anxiety, at least for me and my, my personal experience. So with that being said, thanks for giving me the time to do that. Um, I'm going to go into a little bit more about the episode and what the whole point of this is, is that expanding into the contraction is, is the theme today. And the idea is that uh, you've heard the saying more than likely if you've been reading about personal finance that you should invest when there's blood in the streets, buy more when people are fearful. And I agree with that information um, and that mindset. Uh, but it doesn't work out as well on paper as it does in real life. Because in real life, when there's blood in the streets and the market is crashing and it's not just a single company or sector of the industry that's going down, but the entire economy, 
It's not as easy as just saying buy more because there may not be more to buy with. And that is where some of the problem comes in is that if your pay is being reduced or you lose your job, you're not likely going to be able to increase your contributions. In fact, typically the first human response would probably be to stop contributing. If you lose your job, you're pretty much done contributing anyways because you won't have like your employer match into an employer-sponsored 401k because you won't have an employer. And so you could still technically contribute to like a Roth IRA, but then you're capped at like six grand. So if you if you see a huge reduction in pay or if you're in like commission sales selling RVs uh, and the, the economy tanks, nobody's going out and buying RVs. And so your commission's going to tank. And so if you were contributing to a retirement account, pretty much the first thing someone's going to do when they're cash strapped is reduce how much they're contributing to their retirement account. And that's the opposite of what you want to do, right? But but you can't you can only do what you can do, and if you need money, you need money. And so that that saying is great and it's great that people lob it out there and throw it around, but the reality is is it's not always that simple. And so what can you do to stay afloat during these times um, to continue contributing and um, you know, saving for retirement and investing when the market is down. Well, one thing you can do if you lose your job completely, obviously you want to look for a new job and that new job doesn't have to be at the same standard of what you were working. Obviously you would like it to be. But for example, when I separated from active duty air force, we moved back from Kansas state to Washington state and I took a job at Barnes and Noble. I went from working on airplanes, a really cool job where I traveled all over the world repairing airplanes and fueling them up and servicing them and keeping them running and doing inspections, a really rewarding professional job at the age of 21, 22, 23 years old. When I left that, I went and took a job at Barnes and Noble because I needed to make money for my family. I needed an income and I needed to pay some bills. And while it was awkward, it didn't feel right. Um, I felt like I was doing something um, below me at some point, at some, at some standard. Um, but what it ended up teaching me was is that a dollar is a dollar, no matter how you earn it. I mean, obviously, if you earn it illegally, you don't want to do that. But what I'm saying is that if a dollar from Barnes & Noble is no different than a dollar earned from the military, uh, it, it's going to pay your bills, it's going to help your family, and my wife is ultimately very thankful for my willingness to go out and do that. And I only worked that job for uh, about eight or nine months before I found a better job uh, and continued to find a better job and a better job and I graduated college and got a better job and it kept building up and it got better. But I was willing to go out there and put myself in a position that was maybe uncomfortable because I had bills to pay. Well, right now, yeah, it's not just a recession. We have a virus where some states are like sheltering in place. Our governor of Washington just came on tonight and said it's basically a stay-at-home order. We can't leave unless you're going grocery shopping, you're going to the pharmacy, you're going to the doctor. Other than that, you can take a walk around the block, but that's it. You can't just go out because people aren't listening to the, the, the guidelines they had set forth, and so now they have to implement actual like orders, right? And so um, it's a little difficult to go out job hunting, right? Most businesses are closed. But there are businesses open and there are businesses hiring. Walmart announced they're hiring tons of people because they, ha- they, don't, they don't have enough workers to keep the shelves stocked. There's a bunch of local grocery chains around us that have all put in ads in the paper, basically, or on the news, local news saying, hey, come work for us. We need bodies. We need people. And 
I know people that are out of work or that are basically not working for the next three or four weeks because uh, their business is closed down, but they're not going out and looking for jobs like this. And so they're waiting for a government handout. They're waiting for someone in their family to help them out or whatever the case may be. Um, or they're just sitting around waiting when they could go out there and get a job for three weeks. Yeah, I'll work for you. As lo- I mean, as long as you're okay with me and working with you for three weeks, are you going to pay me by the hour? Great. I'll go, I'll work. I'll stock your shelves. You don't have to interact with customers. You don't have to, you know, get sick, but you can stock shelves. Um, so there's always opportunity. Um, even in the worst of times, what I'm saying is, is that you got to be able to go out there and work for it and no one's going to do it for you. Uh, and that goes into all facets of life. It's just really under a micro- microscope right now because of the, se- the situation we find ourselves in. It's no different than uh, things going really well and me instead of me just getting a job after college and, de- and working that job for the rest of my life, no, I went back to school, working full-time and being a full-time student, getting my master's degree. I built up a website during the same time period as working full-time, getting a master's degree, building up a website from scratch, raising three kids with my wife, um, and her working full time. Uh, so it's not, it's not essentially that it's not easy, but we're, we're trying or putting ourselves out there because we want a life that's different. We want to reach something like financial independence. Um, we want to have the option to retire early. We want to give our kids an exceptional life. Uh, and we push ourselves instead of consuming Netflix all day long, all evening long after the kids go to sleep, I'm creating content, writing articles that are hopefully helpful to you, recording podcast episodes, Um, because I enjoy it and I like giving back to the community and interacting in a more personal level. And so no matter what the situation is, we're always putting ourselves out there to try to achieve more. And it's not just about money. Uh, It's about about choice. It's about a whole host of things that I've talked about, the reason why financial independence is so appealing to a younger generation. Um, And what I'm trying to say is that even in the good times and even in the bad times, it's easy to just sit back and wait for things to get better but it's always within your control to go out there and make things better for yourself. And so I, I hope that, um, I hope that if you need money, that you find some way to earn some money. Um, and, and if, you know, you exhaust all efforts, uh, and you have no other options, then, um, you know, hopefully there's somebody there to help you, or hopefully the government comes through and, and is able to, um, to help you with the stuff they're talking about now with that whole stimulus checks and stuff like that. So what I'm saying is that you gotta, you gotta try though. You gotta try it. You gotta put yourself out there. You gotta try your best. And, um, ultimately, uh, I think if you, I think if you're willing to try, I think you're, I think you'll be all right. Uh, so how, how can you invest when your pay is being reduced? And so here's a good example. One way, if you haven't lost your job, so we've already talked about losing your job. Um, if your pay has been reduced, I found out today, thankful I didn't lose my job, but my pay has been reduced. And so I am 50%, roughly 50% salary, 50% commission, um, depending on the, uh, my month, sometimes it's skewed a little differently. Um, but I'm guaranteed a set amount of dollars every month as my salary. And then I get commission on top of that. So obviously salary is quite a bit lower than like the, the average salary for a job or, a, you know, national average for salary, but the commission makes up for that. And then some, so I make pretty good money, very happy with the amount of money I make at 29 years old. Um, but not only is my pay being reduced because the economy is in the dumps and a lot of industries that my company serves are having some record bad times. Um, but, uh, also found out that they're extending how long they they can take to pay me my commissions. So typically I get commissions paid 30 days after I get a contract signed or money comes across the table. 
Now they can pay me 60 days after a contract is signed or money comes across the table. And so um, there's going to be a big lag now between when I actually get paid for the work that I do. And uh, while that might not sound like a big deal, it impacts our family. It's going to make us have to make some changes and be a little flexible in how we do things. Um, Keeping in mind, like super, it could be super frustrating. I was a little frustrated by the way they went about telling us, but keep in mind that I'm still employed. You know, I'm still grateful for that. And so when you have these times of like frustration and, um, you know, fear and anxiety, it's like, okay, well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I still have a job. I can still make an income. Is it going to be as much as it was last month or the few months before? No, it's not. But what can we do to not impact our goals, our financial goals? Well, one thing we can do is we can adjust our expenses accordingly. So I went into our budget program that we use to budget with, and I can reduce that to try to make up for that. So let's say I forecast that I'm going to lose about 10% of my income over the next six months. You know, each month my income is going to be 10% lower or maybe 20%. I can go into my budget app and I use Dave Ramsey's Every Dollar Budget for anyone that is interested. It does cost money, but so far it's been the most consistently accurate and easy to use. My wife and I can both use it and has a desktop login version because I like doing it on the desktop Um, and it, it works really well. And so we really like it. I'm not an affiliate, but I do support it and I would recommend it to anybody that asks me for a good budgeting app. With that being said, I can go in there and I can reduce our expenses. Obviously during this time period, we're not going to be eating out because restaurants are now basically forced to be closed. So that budget item is gone, which is typically like 200 bucks a month. I can go in and reduce, um, I can reduce gas because I'm not driving to work. Typically I drive like 20 miles a day, roughly, uh, driving to daycare, to work, to daycare, and then back home in an SUV. I don't have to do that anymore because daycare is closed and I work from home now. And so, uh, and my wife works from home. So she's basically watching the kids all day while I work from home. So two, my gas line item is gone. Our gym is no longer charging us a 24 hour gym because they are closed. So that line item has gone. We are no longer having to pay for daycare because they're closed and they're so thankful that they are not charging us during this time. So at least the next month, I don't have to pay daycare, which is almost $2,000 for two kids, right? So that line item's gone. So right there, we're saving an additional 227, 2800 bucks a month, at least this next 30 days. And so it helps me put things in perspective. Like, yeah, I might have a reduction in pay, but we're saving this much money compared to what you know we would be paying. My wife and I both are employed. We both have our health so far. We haven't been infected as far as we know. Um, and so we can, we've made those adjustments in our budget app. And so ultimately we're coming out a little bit ahead um, so far from the looks of it, from our budget planning. Um, and so we can take some of that money. If we would choose to do so, we can invest more. And so if you, what I'm trying to say is if you have a reduction in your pay, Try to find areas in your budget that you can do without. Instead of complaining and before you blame somebody else, figure out, hey, am I eating out a little bit too much? That's usually the first thing to go. Uh, I don't worry too much about a coffee budget or anything like that because five, you know, the amount of joy and passion, like passion, the amount of joy and uh, just total enjoyment and value I get out of a coffee once in a while um, is far outweighs the $5 that I'm missing out on investing. So I don't like that argument, but restaurants in general for my wife and I, and the kids to go out to a restaurant, it's like 60, 70 bucks. No problem. Um, it's at least that much. 
And so we can look at ourselves internally and say, hey, we can stop eating out. We can cook more meals at home. Our money will go a lot further from the grocery store. And uh, so ultimately we can make up for that reduction in pay and not be any worse off and still be able to invest, still be able to reach those goals that we have lined out for us. And so try to try to control what you can control. You can't control the fact that they reduced your pay, um, but you can control what you spent. And so try to pull the lever that you can control and it makes you feel better. It makes you feel less fear and anxiety because you're like, okay, cool. I'm just going to adjust. And then when times are great, you can loosen up in some of those things. When we go back into a nice long bull market, like we just experienced for the last 10 years, you can loosen up a little bit. And hopefully the choices that you made and the sacrifices that you made during the downturn um, are going to pay off and pay off um, multiple times for you in the future. And that's really what the hope is. When you're investing in a down market, your hope is that it's going to pay off for you in the long run. Um, so dealing with layoffs and losing those around you um, that may or may not be losing their jobs. So I haven't gone through, I've only gone through one reduction in force in my entire life. And that was um, in the military. We had like when President Obama was the president, he had, a, I don't know if it's him, right? You can always blame the president, right? But his government drew down the military so much. Uh, we were already in a critically manned career field working on the airplanes that we did. And um, he, it was drawn down so much that they were kicking people out that had gotten DUIs in the past. And so that's somebody that had gotten a DUI, had already lost rank, had already been punished, and had pay taken away from them for a number of months or years. And then let's say five years down the road after the fact, they get kicked out because of it. And so if you talk about double jeopardy, right, being punished twice for the same crime, um, that was really tough to watch. Watch really good workers, really good airmen get kicked out of the military because of a mistake they made back a number of years ago that they'd already done their time for, that they'd already paid the price for. And so we watched a lot of, I watched a lot of people around me get kicked out for things like that. And that was kind of difficult um, as a young person. Um, but now we're going through this. Uh, I was during the Great Recession, it was 2008, 2009. I was in, uh, I graduated high school in 2009. And so I was not quite, uh, didn't quite understand enough about the world to really make any choices about it, to really have any decisions or any control over what was happening. Um, I just really cared about, you know, dating my girlfriend, getting married to her and uh, moving on with life and getting started. But now we're going into the next recession, right? And so um, it is a little bit different this time. And so watching everyone's reaction around me, watching things happen and play out as they played out, I kind of saw this coming, saw the writing on the wall a little bit. Um, but the interesting thing is our company just went through like a major buying phase of other companies, hiring a bunch of big wig executives um, leading up to like a few weeks ago about a month ago and then that was the tippy 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 top of the market probably one of the worst times to buy some of the companies that they bought and then the market tanked right and so um, watching some of that stuff play out just such a good learning experience to see that kind of stuff happen unfortunately the byproduct is that it finally reached us and a bunch of people that I work with have lost their jobs and it's really difficult to deal with difficult to watch it happen and, and see it play out in real time and um we are all remote working. We're all working from home. And so we don't have as much exposure to it as we would have in the office. And I don't know if it waited to that point because it was more it's easier to deal with if you're removed from the situation. Um, it might just be a coincidental timing, but ultimately uh, that has happened. And so um, I didn't get a notice. Um, I, the, the department that I'm in is extremely critical to the company. We're in retention, part of the sales 
part of the de- of sales department of the company. And so ultimately, each one of us is is responsible for retaining about $2 million in business for the company each year. And so in a time like this, what's the company need? They need revenue and they need to retain it. And so our position, thankfully, is very critical. And um, they see each one of us, hopefully, as, as very critical to the company. And so I'm not fearful for my position being lost. Um, and I definitely perform at, at a decent uh, clip. And so I'm not worried about that one bit. Um, but our pay has been affected. So ultimately going to see a reduction in pay as well as a reduction in commissions because, like I said, the entire economy is down. And they say rising tides raises all ships, but it's the, same, the inverse is the same as well. If the tide's going down, all ships are going down as well. So uh, if the economy tanks, uh, so does sales. Kind of funny how that works. Um, and so we're dealing with that today. Um, kind of a shock to the system a little bit. And I think it'll play out the rest of the week. And some people are taking it a little bit harder because obviously we work with these people every day and it's not easy. Um, and so thoughts and prayers go out to them and their families. And it's just tough when you know them a little bit more personally with social media and you see some of the things that they're working on and they're doing in their life. And for something like this to happen at a time where it's really difficult to go out to get a new job, um, my heart just aches for them. And uh, so if you know somebody around you that has been affected by that, just think about them and um, keep them in your prayers and your thoughts. And uh um, you know, it's a really difficult time and lend a hand if possible. If there's anything you can do, I mean, it doesn't have to be monetary. It doesn't have to be anything, but just sending them a text saying, Hey, thinking about you. Um, let me know if you need anything at all. Um, then I'm there for you. And that's a lot of times that is more helpful than offering to give somebody money. Um, but something that we can do is we can set up additional income streams. So there's things that we can do to protect ourselves against things like this against losing our jobs. One is an emergency fund. That's the basic thing that we always talk about, setting up an emergency fund. And so we've seen it happen. I have family that is out of work, that work very, very, um, I don't know how to describe the type of work it is. Uh, Non-professional jobs, I would say, you know, waitress, uh, being waitress, being um, working in retail, things like that. Um, And that's a lot of America, right? And so there's a lot of people that work hourly, that um, live paycheck to paycheck, that don't have an emergency fund. And it doesn't matter what job you're in, you should work to have an emergency fund, whether that's $500 or $5,000 or $50,000. You should have an emergency fund in place. A money set aside for situations like this where things happen outside of your control. It might be a flat tire, it might be the economy tanking or anywhere in between. Um, but it's important to, um, to, to self-insure yourself. That's the ultimate responsibility. Uh, being a responsible adult, um, goes hand in hand with not spending overspending on things that you don't need and saving some on the side to protect yourself in the case of a downturn. A good example is going out and buying drinks on the weekends and buying toys like dirt bikes or whatever it may be. Uh, and then when the tragedy tragedy hits, you're complaining because you don't have any money. And so it's really tough to feel bad for some people when things like this happen, um, when they don't have any money set aside and you watch them play out their life with, you know, um, just spending money on a whim. And so a big thing that we try to teach here is just have an emergency fund, have money set aside that you can't touch. Maybe it's at least a thousand bucks, like something, put something aside that if you lose your job, it'll float you to find a new job. You should be able to find a new job within days, weeks, or months. And whatever you think your capability of getting rehired is, you should have an adequate amount of money to float you until that point. I feel like I'm extremely hireable with my education, my experience, my willingness to go out there and get a job and earn an income. And so I don't think I need 24 months in the bank as an emergency fund. I feel like I can go out there and get a job fairly quickly if needed. 
And so I'm also not above doing other jobs. Like I said, I go back and work at Barnes and Noble in a heartbeat if I had to, if I needed the money. And so what I'm getting at is it's responsible to take care of yourself and have money set aside for emergencies. The other thing that we can do is we can work on income streams. This doesn't help people today, I understand, because it takes time to set up an income stream. And I'm not talking about going out and buying a bunch of real estate uh, that'll cash flow for you. I'm not talking about buying a whole bunch of dividend stocks that are you're going to wait for the dividends um, because that takes years and years to build up and accumulate and get into position to be able to do that. Uh, buying real estate takes a long time. It takes uh, money. It takes capital. It takes an investment uh, to be able to do that. But what you can do and what you could have done a year ago um, is do exactly what I did. I took an idea and said, hey, I really want to work with people and teach them some of the things that I've learned over the past um, you know, 10 years and mistakes I've made and things that I've, I feel like we've succeeded at with raising a young family and still investing and being on track to achieve financial independence. I want to teach other people how to do that. And so I took that idea, made a website, uh, wrote a bunch of content that wasn't so great, made the website better, wrote a bunch of better content, revised some of the old content, deleted some of the old content, and then made the website better, and then wrote some more content, and then started a podcast, and then wrote some more content, and then made the website better, and just a continuous cycle that I've done for the last eight or nine months. And while my website is still not huge, uh, I have a decent enough amount of traffic, have enough support to where it went from making zero dollars and costing me money to host the website, to being able to pay for itself in a reasonably quick amount of time, to now being able to cover bills, like actual bills. And so if we have a bill, let's say our internet bill, that's usually a pretty pretty low bill. Maybe it's $30, maybe it's $50. Um, but now my website can cover a bill, right? And so then it goes to possibly being able to cover two bills. And then maybe if you have a car payment, maybe it can cover a car payment. And then from the car payment to what's next, a mortgage? If you, could, if you could start an income stream where in less than two years it was covering your mortgage, what would that do for you? How would that change your life? I know that would radically change our life. And that's why we're working on doing it because we can. And you can too. And uh, what I'm doing right now, I'm working on a project I'm working on, is setting up a separate website. Um, and what the purpose of this website is, is to provide tutorials. Um, not necessarily courses. It's more just video tutorials, about half an hour long and um, PDF tutorials that will basically show you step-by-step step of how I'm doing this, how I started a website, how I write articles, how I record podcast episodes, and how I do absolutely everything while having kids, while working full-time, while building this website, while now going to be building, managing two websites, um, how I do all of that and how it's generated income for me, right? So I'm working on that now. I've got three tutorials built already. I don't have the website stood up yet or public or anything like that, but I'll definitely let you guys know when that comes up. And this is kind of a shameless self-plug because I think that this will provide provide even more value and really round out what I'm trying to do on firethefamily.com. And should you want to do something similar, because a lot of people in this industry uh, that are consuming this content have a genuine interest in doing this themselves, um, I want to provide those tools to you. And so uh, stay tuned on that. There's a lot more to come and I'm pretty excited about the shape that it's all taking right now. And I'm really excited to hit the ground running on it here shortly. I'm writing a book. I'm a, I've got at least a full chapter done. Um, and I, I'm not even close, obviously, to getting the whole thing done. But um, with all things going on right now, everything's shaken up quite a bit. I'm working on it. My goal is to get it out by the summer of 2020. It'll obviously be Kindle Direct published. It won't be like traditionally published or anything like that. Um, but 
I am interested in providing content and um, valuable content and every being that one-stop shop for everything you need to know uh, to get your family on track to reach financial independence, um, leaving all excuses at the door. And so for me, um, those are kind of the, that's kind of the update on where we're headed, what we're going to be doing and things that I'm really excited about. So I hope this web or this, this website, I hope this episode was really helpful to you. And I hope that, um, I hope that the podcast is something that you find value, whether you're out running or driving to work or commuting or sitting at home, not doing anything because we're quarantined or whatever it may be. I hope you notice that uh, this isn't necessarily edited to be super crisp. And the reason being is because uh, same reason why I stopped doing the transcribing the episodes is because I'm a one man band. I'm not outsourcing anything that I do, at least not yet. And um, I can give a lot more time on the microphone and a lot more value and a lot more content if I'm not so worried about how crisp everything sounds, uh, how many ums that I can edit out. And so I give up on that kind of stuff. Give, I've given up on that so I can just continue to give more value. And that's really important to me. So I uh, hope you appreciate that. I hope you can look past some of the imperfections uh, that I have here on the recording. Um, but again, thank you so much. I wish you the best. And if you're going through a really tough time, just know that there's people out there that care about you, that want to help you, um, and to reach out to them if you need to. And reach out to me directly on Twitter or Instagram. You can keep, you can follow me on Instagram. It's very personal Instagram. I don't put anything out there that's firethefamily.com focused. It's just me, my family, and things that we're doing. Um, I really just post on stories anymore. Um, my handle is at the.nick.french. And then my Twitter handle is at firethefamily. And so f- follow me on either of those um, and uh, shoot me a DM. Just let me know what's going on. Leave a comment on the website. I've had a bunch of comments come through in the past few weeks, and I love responding to those. And so hit me up there. Uh, let me know that you exist and that you listen, and uh, that way I can give you a, a big thanks um, and not a hug because we have to keep six feet apart. So, again, I hope you have a great night or day or morning or whenever you're listening to this, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode.